relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. That's some chopped 420 vibes right there. I'm telling you. Oh, were you? Okay. I was, man, I didn't know where you were going at first. <laughs> That's, yeah, Ron, our, our man, Ron Funches is hoping and uh, he's hoping and he's hosting Chopped 420. I don't I think Food Net, I don't know. I'm not going to say the network. Just Chopped 420. Just look that up. Go Ron on, Funches. You'll know the voice, you'll know the flavor. He sent me a right before they got to announce it, you know, he could talk about it. And he sent me a thing and he was like, Look at this. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. I was like, I'm not even jealous. This is just perfect. And I was like, Nah, I'm a little jealous. He was like, Yeah, I want you to be a little jealous. <laughs> it was like, It is all, it's just like a great, perfect gig. But I'm like, I, I honestly wasn't even jealous because I was like, It's, it's he likes food more and appreciates food more than I do. So it's like a perfect mix. So I think that's why what I'm doing is a better mix. You know what I mean? We're doing all like to grow it and smoke it more than I do to grow it and cook it. For you, it would be like, which which 7-Eleven gummy could you turn into an edible? I think would be the best. Not even. Yeah, I mean, we could do the shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, I did get to I did get to go walk around Austin this past week working for Willie like for Willie Nelson's uh cannabis summit thing that he's doing. It's so, too cool. I don't know what I'm bitching like that was a that was my <laughs> dream fucking gig. So it was fun asking people in Austin if they'd ever heard of Willie Nelson because they just look at you they look they get mad. Most of them like got it was like a visceral reaction, like you're it's it was funny. It was funny. Once this I figured clench. that out, I asked everyone. I'm like, you ever heard of Willie Nelson? They're just like, what in hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, like, oh. we, like, yeah. I don't know how to get cut up, but there's funny shots in it where I'm in front of the Willie statue in front of Austin City Limit Studios. I'm like, you ever heard of Willie Nelson? People are like, hey, Jack, he's right behind <laughs> But no one... We no one we talked to was anti cannabis, except for so one cool. lady from Orange County, and that's because she didn't like how her her uh, her son would get when he got stoned. And I was me and me and her husband didn't want to break it to her. Like I bet he's more than stoned. Um, Plus, uh, that we, might just be a him thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was just like a lot going on. We're like, okay. But everybody else is down. And also, I do want to report this. I went to several CBD places, two two different ones, and smoked joints that I bought there inside their establishments. Uh, got the Delta 9. That stuff makes you a little stoned, you guys. Um, <laughs> that's, I couldn't... Like, I hit, we hit it and had a conversation... And then uh, we were back in the van afterwards, and I was just like, we we're going to 
shoot some other stuff and with the crew and stuff and i was like hey i'll be honest uh that's hilarious that this is legal in texas because you guys i i'm not like like head high but like i was like stoned you know what i mean where i was like i feel good this is that's hilarious and then i don't i'd have to look it up delta eight or nine um i don't know which one it was but they had the different ones it was really cool what they've got going on and how they've they've taken that texas bravado and really walk the line of what's legal and not legal <laughs> um that's why it's, a, I, it's i love i love a progressive texan it's just it's the best of both fucking worlds um and then i went to a place and this is to me the future is Ooh. i went to and i it's not the future because they do in amsterdam but um but it just makes so much sense. It was, uh, and I'll, I'll get the name right um, on the next episode. Okay, you guys, sorry, I'm not getting it right. But uh, this was the Greenbelt Botanicals was the one that I went to, the first one. The second one was a coffee shop you went into and you could get CBD coffee uh, or CBD and any, like, you know, like a mocha or fucking cappuccino or whatever you want and then and there you walk through this in the the room next door pretty much but you can walk through uh you can go buy your cbd joint so for 10 bucks they had you could get a large coffee and a joint and then you just sit there and have a coffee and your seat in your in your delta nine or whatever joint uh he was like a lot of people come here every morning and i was like yeah no this is kind of how i start my day anyway <laughs> so i was like this is this makes total sense to be like all right man let's go get i'm gonna get a coffee and i'll smoke a joint and let's have like breakfast or something or like let me start our day or do it and i was like oh my god i'm in austin texas doing this and i live in los angeles and would this would be so popular there it's insane so i just had to report on that where i was just like it was one of those moments i said it to the guy in the interview i was like i'm having the same feeling i did the, the first time i got high and felt fine the next day and the first time i grew a plant that i kind of i was like that same feeling of like why is why can't we do this anywhere this doesn't make any well, sense that this is bad well, I'm kind of upset because we don't even have that here in Oregon. I like, know. I know. What the fuck, man? It, like, I was in Texas. And here's another fun loophole I figured out in Texas. And I'm saying it loud. I'm broadcasting this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> in Texas, because of the hemp laws and the, they have all the flour now, they don't have testing for it. So you can pretty much have up to an ounce of any type of cannabis in texas because they're not going to test for it they'll just let you go so don't be trafficking shit through there but you can have regular stuff if you're going through because it's just it's on its way motherfuckers it's on its way well, i mean excited. rogan's gonna push for it but you know the funniest part about what? that you got just now they open mike rogan just drop it 
We don't <laughs> say his name on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the funniest thing, so is if you bought some of that Delta 8 weed in Texas, brought it back here to Oregon, you would be allowed to smoke that in public and not smoke regular cannabis mm-hmm. in public just by the laws of the state, which is absolutely ridiculous. But you can't enforce that, period. Yeah. But I just, I want a coffee place where, you know, we can just go, especially in the Pacific Northwest to get us through the it goddamn winters. Is insane. Willie's Remedy is a great, uh, it's, that's his coffee, CBD coffee. It's great. A uh, shout out Willie's Remedy. You can send it to my PO box. Um, <laughs> uh, you got my address. You didn't have to send it to my PO box. But it is, it was, I had an Americano, which is just one shot of espresso with some CBD and some hot water. And then I had a Delta 9 joint with some blueberry something. And it was, it was a nice little afternoon. Like the sun's, you know, as the, as dusk is setting in in Austin, Texas, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it, the it's just warm and nice and, ah. Uh, like it kind of felt like talking to our guests this week we catch up with our dude do the thing do the thing ladies and gentlemen give up for john casali recording on the bottom that's cool yeah it's on producer <laughs> Slee coming in giving direction that's our glowing red light right there that's what that is <laughs> okay oh, right man. on so you were i just uh, i uh, terrible habit i just asked you a question right before we started recording that i should ask when we recording but i was like i asked if you attended the emerald cup but then i was uh, i think it was virtual i was unsure of how they were doing it just from the online stuff yeah they they did a little virtual thing um we went over to jason gilman's place with ridgeline farms and he had a uh savage farms jerry was over there can of country ted so a bunch of bunch of local friends of ours and stuff we had a you know a big meeting at jason's place since he was the emerald cup winner the last couple of years we thought it was appropriate that we show up at his man cave and um all did you guys have any on this, this. Did, did you guys have any weed there was there any <laughs> no weed <laughs> no no smoking no no everybody brought their their product that they had entered into the cup or what they thought was special and um <clears throat> yeah so we we smoked a lot of weed we had sushi he cooks us a bunch of steaks uh we had kind of found out the night before because the way uh, the Emerald Cup did it this year, if you had won, they wanted to get you on a Zoom call the day before and do some filming or uh, do something like that. So then they could play it during the, the episode that they uh, forgot the name of the, the production company that, that had it for like a couple hours. So um, 
Unfortunately, since it was the first year they did it virtually like this, and it was a production company that they didn't know, it had some glitches. Like it was, so, you know, um, the Emerald Cup was always a sun-grown competition for years and years. That, you know, that's the highlight this year. They added some different categories. They were going to honor, you know, indoor, you know, regenerative type farming to the to the mix they had a personal category um there was quite a few other categories and so we got to watch all these we saw some stuff go down jerry from savage farms won a couple different things humbled alchemy group eric and jill um their manufacturing um company humbled alchemy group uh produced some pens that won second third they placed like five out of six of their products placed in the emerald cup this year which was super cool so that was super exciting and um i won a most innovative product award this year which was super cool um yeah, the, yeah. You, saw, you saw the seed pucks mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that won it this year so that that's cool it's going to get a little bit of you know attention and and so that's exciting. Um, well, speaking of wanted, attention, you know, why don't you tell our listeners what it is if they haven't seen it? So I think most people have seen this compressed little peat pucks that um, you can buy at the store and you can put any kind of seed in it and you put it in water and then it inflates to like an inch or two high and you can put your seed in afterwards. But what I did was I put a, a a cannabis seed in prior to that and covered it up with some instructions on it and then placed uh, a dozen or 15 of them in a tube just to make it easy for, you know, the mom and pop that doesn't need to go looking for, uh, you know, containers and dirt. It just kind of eliminates a bunch of different steps and makes it easy, real easy for mom and pop just to throw it in a glass of water, set it by the windowsill until the plant actually sprouts and and comes up and then you could put it into its final destination or into somewhere where it can sex and then, and then go from there. So it eliminates a few steps and makes it a little bit easier. And it was the first time that I released any of the genetics from this farm into the public. So it was pretty exciting for me and, and hopefully it's going to be exciting for them and hopefully it works good. So, um, and obviously the judges thought that it was pretty neat and, and unique and special. And so it's cool. I'm stoked. <laughs> um, yeah, much would have rather won the, the flower sun grown category, but you know, I'll, I'll take that for sure. And so we're building up suspense, right? We're, we're all sitting there. We're excited. We already know that Teddy from Canada country farms, uh, got second because he, he was called up to a zoom call the day before. So we already knew. And so, you know, as farmers, you know, that's a pretty prestigious award. I mean, you, he had both of his kids that farmed with him all year. So he's also being a parent and he's showing, man, a little bit of hard work, how proud we can all be. And, you know, all the friends are being supportive, not only of Teddy, but of both of his kids recognizing that they probably did most of the work. <laughs> and, um, so we were there really just to honor him. And, um, those guys were so high, they forgot to fuck, they, excuse me, they forgot to show the sun going category and it just ended. It ended abruptly and it was over. That was what it. What the hell? So they just and forgot to hold the category? Apologized. 
the biggest they category. left the whole sun brown category out the whole thing we never saw one winner we still haven't heard from the emerald cup today like saying hey we're sorry we were too high or i don't know like nobody's saying nothing wow. so it was a pretty big disappointment he left kind of disappointed but uh it's a it's all good you know i guess shit happens well, it is one of those things, you know, you talk about the hard work that goes into farming, you know, for his kids, especially it can be like, hey, you remember that day where it was like 100 degrees out and you guys had to clean pots for 10 hours in the sun? It's all, you know, the product's worth it, but also being recognized for it is worth it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second, we didn't get recognized for it. So what the fuck? Or or a way somebody else had put it, um, you go to watch... Um... Willie Nelson played a concert and you go there and there's all these little other shows and then they end the show and Willie never showed up. Oh man, that would make me mad. That would not like, it's like And they didn't say nothing. They didn't say sorry. Couldn't you? They didn't say nothing. They said, thank you. Bye. Wow. Well, and you know, you think about the Academy Awards and other stuff like that, which, you know, this is kind of along the same lines, you know, yeah. on separate days, They'll do like, oh, here's all the special effects awards and it won't get on TV. But for us and for this competition, it's notoriously always been about the sun grown and about highlighting that and being like, hey, check this out. This is what we're repping. This is what it's about. And they forget the fucking. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. You know what? It was just another day. We're on to, to 2021. We're all, you know, cutting clones. We're rooting clones. We're planting. We're excited about the new year. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. So we're over it. They can deal with that. And uh, yeah, it's an exciting 2021 coming up. Maybe they'll be lucky enough to get some sun-grown flower next year if they play their cards right. I don't know. They better apologize. (laughs) That's all. We need an apology first. Absolutely, especially for what you guys put into it all. But yes, it's the 2021 season, which is super exciting. How's things shaping up? We have uh, already heard from several people. They are booking trips and super excited to go and check out your farm this year, which is just dope to hear that from people, you know, who are listening to podcasts, excited to come check out the farm. It's like, oh shit, y'all go get to see what we got to see. So that is that has to be an exciting twist on the summer too. Yeah, it's really exciting. And uh, yeah, I think it's all shaping up. The, the farm's starting to look good. Um, all the soils and everything are amended. Um, the clones are cut. They're on the shelf. They're starting to root. So next week I'll be putting them into four inchers. Um, I never plant my clones outside into the planter boxes until June 1st is kind of the date that I do it. You know, I grow them up in the greenhouse under, keep them under like 16, 17 hours light, and then kind of transition them into the same amount of light right at June 1st. And, and usually I have no problems. I've, I've put them out earlier before and had a little tweakage, a little what we call three leafing. And, you know, they kind of, it's kind of a scary thing. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you can end up with a, a bud the size of your leg, which is not going to go in an eighth jar. So um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so pretty exciting. Everything's pretty, pretty much in shape. Uh, I had a pretty lengthy call, Rose and I did with California Department of Fish and Wildlife 
which is now on board with certifying Enviro-friendly farms this year. And they're going to actually allow them to use their logo on their product. And so um, they're pretty excited about coming here and, you know, maybe meeting us halfway on all the different regulations and, and really trying to make it work and protect it, the wildlife and the environment and the fish. And they know they can only do that if they have farmers um, on board with their program, promoting it with other farmers and, and showing them that they're not going to come here and bust down our doors. Yeah. And I mean, um, honestly, nowadays, the only way that you're able to really vote and maybe change stuff is with the power of your dollar. So if people are out there being like, hey, I'm going to support a farm who is also supporting the ecosystem and all that, you know, that's excited that the government's teaming up on that and trying to make that an important topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I've been hearing from farmers, uh, a lot of the inspections are starting. Um, they're, they're in Mendocino this last week. There, there was a couple inspections in, in Humboldt, which, which will put you right back onto your game if you were letting some loose ends slide to the wayside at all. So uh, everybody's shaping up and getting everything in order, and they're starting to show up at farms. Uh, so the, the season has begun. <laughs> the games have begun yeah it's uh hey i i don't want to interrupt but i you know he's avoiding the the topic really at hand it really wasn't the emerald cup it wasn't you know being inspected or fish and wildlife and you know certification it was the grow shack right i mean nothing we get nothing the squirt no i, I are, did it die no, oh, it, we're just starting. We just started. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I was so lost for a second. I was like, man, I don't know what Bro Shack is. Um, and then when he the said squirt, I was like, hey, that's me. Um, no, they're just, they've just, we, we busted the seeds in there probably just a week. Oh, this big. I've got three of them. I just uh, made my first batch of compost tea and watered my soil. Uh, I didn't do the pot right. It leaked out, so I had to fix that a little bit. Um, I'm doing a very wax on, wax off thing with them where the plant's not even in the soil yet, but I'm having them water it just so that they understand what good saturation is and how that feels. We're starting from the, the very beginning. I watered mine today. There's no plants in it. I watered it today. Yeah. Like you should follow you should follow a gal named Jackie Bryant. She she writes for Forbes and a lot of different uh different other magazines and she also started some seeds for the first time this year. Some of the seed pucks I gave her and so she's taking us along the journey as they've sprouted and as they they've grown up a little bit. I think you do follow her? Do you know her? Maybe. I'm going to I've just I look, okay. I wrote it down. I'm going to look at it later for sure. <laughs> okay, check it out. The next run, we'll definitely have to do some seed pucks and get and get to see your genetics and see oh, what yeah. Billy can do. That would, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, see if I can take old, uh, the Humboldt Seed Company down. Come yeah. on, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the I'll be the control. 
I'll be the control. Yeah, so okay. it'll be a great a control. lunatic. <laughs> the, yeah, they put a little lunatic in control. But yeah, he's getting just as, as excited as you are. So, how many plants do you have going right now? How many clones did you have you taken as of recently? Um, there's about thirteen or fourteen hundred on the shelf. I end up usually only planting maybe eight or nine hundred. And then, but, and then know, so- how many do you have, Billy? Three. <laughs> but I was looking at an extra pot that I have that I'm going to grow outdoors. So I'm going to do four. I don't know what I'm going to do with the other one yet, but I'm going to. Uh, we're doing four. It's not. Hey, you motherfuckers. How many stand up shows do you guys have? Let's talk about that. <laughs> Just this one. Yeah. <laughs> do open mics count? Because uh, no, not? you know they do not. That is what I'm doing. On the, that is the grow level of what I'm doing. Right now. <laughs> but it is fun. Yeah, I was telling Billy, it's like when, once I hit retirement, I'm just gonna grow four plants. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have four plants and just tend to them, and they'll be the most spoiled bitches out in the world, just getting all of the. 700 plants i currently have all that energy will just go to four plants and they'll get to enjoy it you know i think billy i think you should you should uh you know try some of your own techniques on one you know do your own thing with one you know take instructions on the other three but maybe on the one kind of you know maybe throw a little curve in there i mean i would i'm not against that because that is how my dumb head works uh but i can tell you already i have done it my way before and it does not work (laughs) as good (laughs) already everything is better everything is so much better this time okay what was it you were just giving it seaweed is that the only thing you were giving it kelp it was uh is is just kelp all, I liked it because it smelled it smelled so bad. So I was like, this is good for it. <laughs> Just straight potassium, <laughs> none of the end, none of the, the whole way. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh. It was ab- I was abusive to that plant, is what it was. I didn't know it, but I wasn't qualified to be. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. We have them started, and hopefully we'll be getting this in real quick. And hopefully by the time we come back down to Humboldt the next time, just for a hang, he'll be able to bring you some of his product. And, you know, we'll we'll have our own Emerald Cup with all the local farmers, and we'll pass some bowls no, around. No, I'm not going to. No, I don't want to hear what they think. <laughs> maybe in like another year or two i'll i'll come up and be like hey look what i did now but i just don't want to see them try to be nice um because everyone's there is so nice and i just i can i know farmers they'll be like hey it's smokable you can smoke it <laughs> hey uh let me before i forget and i did forget one of the most important parts of the second place winner of the sun-grown category at the emerald cup my friend Teddy from Canada Country, THC, seventeen percent. That's now what? Amazing. Now what? Now Fuck what's your the THCs. industry going to do? Fuck all your THC requests. <laughs> 
that's not what it's about. If you do the blind taste test, you know what? And and if anybody's listening to this, just go into a dispensary. Do not even look at the THC on anything and just randomly pick a bud and just smoke it that way. And you'll find out what you like way quicker than chasing THC numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that has to be a proud moment for them to hit to just <laughs> get second place. They <laughs> looked at the results and went, oh shit. Can oh, we turn shit. this one back in? Put a two in front of that seven. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that was pretty exciting. So the and industry I'm, really needs to change the way they think and and the consumer really needs to be educated a little bit more from the the bud tenders that they're buying their product from and so this w- this was a good push forward um, for maybe maybe changing the way this industry is looking at cannabis and what makes you feel good and doesn't make you feel good. So well, just even, even in my last run, there was a strain called Turple. We had popped some seeds and found a pheno that we like. The first time we ran it was seventeen uh, percent THC. And, you know, the owners were like, we got to get rid of that. There's no way we can sell it at 17. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, it's, it's a beautiful plant, but, you know, I can try out other ones. So uh, I, I killed the mom and I had cuttings of it. So I did it for the last uh, hurrah. And uh, on the last run, it tested out at 34%. And they're like, oh, we should have saved it. I was like, nope, you already messed up. I chased the numbers. You can't, you can't chase numbers. You just same way to grow it it came out basically the same but they were just like i don't know why i tested out this much now <laughs> that's a trip wow. why would it <laughs> why would it test so different well so a lot of the test results are sometimes strain specific but as we've mentioned on this podcast before you know my friend sent in he took an entire cola which is just one big nug until you start breaking down the little nugs of it. He took one cola, broke all the nugs off of it, sent it in for testing. And just on that one branch, there was a 10 point swing of THC just on that one branch. It was Adam Jaquez, one of our first, you know, uh, people who is this fucking scientist when it comes to cannabis. There's a 10 point swing just on one branch. So up here in Oregon, you have to give them a bin of your cannabis and they use a grid system and they randomly pick buds from all over the place and just test it that way. So who the hell knows what's going on? Maybe, you know, and it's not it's not metric to measure cannabis. There's so much more going on when it comes to cannabis than just THC numbers. It's uh it's like the Nielsen ratings for television where it's like <laughs> it's it's not it's not very accurate, but people are making a lot of money off those numbers, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And the farmers are losing an awful lot of money on bad numbers yeah um so air quotes bad numbers but that's that's why we have to educate the public that the thc numbers don't mean shit support good local farms who will be giving you quality product every single time and that's where you'll find your bliss i'm gonna keep saying it every episode till it happens but i just want to be able to go online to my favorite farm to their website see what they've got and have them ship it to me 
the next day or in three days or however much I pay for shipping. Uh, I don't, I just don't understand why we can't do that right, right now. I mean, I kind of can in LA, but it's not like that. It's not what I'm talking about. Not like you're supposed to. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think one of the things that consumers, if they were able to do that, will start to notice it. It won't be so much the THC or, or maybe even the terpenes or cannabinoids, they'll start to really notice the difference in the process that farmers use to cure their product. Because in that last step is really when you could really ruin a really good harvest, I think, personally. Like we used to sometimes back in the days when it was raining, you only had a limited amount of space to dry. It's pouring rain out there. You got a ton of weed, but you only have enough room for 25% of it. You got to get it in there. You got to flash dry it. And at this point, you know, nobody cares because it, it's, you know, it's, it's still illegal. So you're flash drying it, just getting it down so you can get the next one up. So it doesn't mold out, out in the field. And, you know, that product compared to something that takes maybe seven to 10 days, kind of a cooler dry no heat. It's just a totally different product, even though it can be the same strain when you smoke it 100% without a doubt, just totally comes out totally different. And then, you know, also what you feed it, you know, your amendments, your fertilizers and stuff also can contribute to the way it tastes and and the harshness or the um, smoothness, depending. So you, you, you guys agree or? It's it's 100% factual. There's so many limiting variables then, but the curing process is so important. Like, you know, at King's, we had bought all these kind of like sealed Tupperware containers with clamps and stuff like that. We had regularly burp it and doing all this stuff. But in the last two years, we bought these huge ass fucking jars that can hold four pounds in each jar. I send the pictures of it to Billy regularly just to be like, hey, hey look at this um you can't <laughs> smell it either man it's so mad <laughs> but but moving to this jars to these huge jars like we literally have it sit in jars we are burping them regularly but it's in a jar in a climate controlled room and we give it you know 10 days just in those jars and then it only comes out of those jars the second that the one of our salesmen is dropping it off to a dispensary so like we're not like i think that is a lot of the issues in other states where you have to pre-package and do stuff like that you know it's um if you're not being careful with it you're gonna run into issues with it you guys do such a great job and i love that it's mixed with other farms and you got the you know roots uh ones that you guys are doing are fantastic yeah, using sure. jars is important too. I think. Yeah, like all these people doing these little plastic bags of it. I'm just like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's especially with the food too. You gotta be careful with the food that you're not overfeeding them, and then they just taste all nitrogeny. Yeah, for sure. When it's like super green, when you're harvesting it or, um, yeah, maybe the last 10 days, I'm really careful. You know, it's a real, it's a real hard juggle on not depleting it too much where it's having a hard time to finish or having too much in there. Um, so 
yeah, it's a, it's, it's always a challenge and every strain kind of reacts differently. And, um, so it can be a tough juggle sometimes, but it's really an important part of the process really, uh, when you're finishing up. Yeah. As Are you worried about more people coming through and being on the farm? And like, how uh, that will... so th this is how we're going to, um, with deal with that because my partner Rose, um, we, we kind of discussed that and we thought the best way, because, you know, being around cannabis, it's a touchy feely thing and it's important for them to be able to, to touch and smell and interact with the plant and develop the beginning stages of a small relationship with that plant. And so we do have six personal plants. Each one of them will represent uh, the majority of the, the plants that will be grown on the commercial farm. So they can touch and feel those and, and, smell those and kind of determine on which ones they like for themselves. And because we can't sell product here on the farm, we're kind of working with a couple of the local, couple of the local dispensaries. So they'll, they'll be carrying the product from here and um, then they can just go to the dispensary. The dispensary might actually be able to meet them at the bottom of my driveway and, and do a handoff. And what, what's really cool. And you guys are going to like this is, it's just so important since I have one of the only tourism licenses, like the first thought that Rose and I had is how do we get the other farms to interact? Like, how do you not, how do you talk about Huckleberry Hill and not talk about Bryson Forest Farm or Hogwash Farm or Ridgeline Farm? So why not have those farms here? Like, why not when we have some big tours, have them here so they can talk to the people too. So it's not just all on us. So each, so hopefully like four or five different farms, every time I have a couple tours, they can be here interacting. Um, the little, the hillside underneath the Huckleberry Hill farm sign by the, the pond, what I've been doing is we're making burls with different farmers in the Emerald Triangle logo, like Happy Days and Moon Maid and Sunabis and all the different farmers were doing their own burl put on this hillside along the pathway so when somebody walks along this path they can see and read about each individual farm so it's going to be about all the farms one way or the other and it's going to be super cool that's so fucking beautiful especially the fact that you know you get the license and you know the some people in the industry you know would just take it and run with it and make it all about themselves you're literally making it about the community which we've referenced so much on this season but you're really elevating everybody up with you and that's such a beautiful thing to see and, and it's going to be a more it's going to be a more meaningful tour for the rest of the the, the people actually coming because um they're going to start to notice and i don't know if they've noticed i know you guys have noticed how you know I, we keep trying to reference on how the emerald triangle farms are so different it's the, the reality of, is we're all here for each other and you know i think I, I see that a little bit in oregon you must have a small group of people that all work with each other and support each other and want to help with each other we don't uh, in my in my days, I haven't really seen a whole lot of that in Southern California. Big, you know, I don't know if Canacraft supports MedMen and, and MedMen supports, you know, cookies. I don't know. If, I think they're competing with each other, whereas the small farmers of the Emerald Triangle are really, and most of them, we're, we're all trying to support each other in one way or the other. So this is a good addition to just showing like, hey, this is about all of us. Yeah. 
And I mean, so, that was kind of my hope. You know, Eugene is very close knit and especially on the organic grower side, you know, we all know each other. It's a small town. We all support each other. But I was like, you know what, guys, we should just all band together and sell our product all together on the same wholesale license and be like, this is the Eugene stuff. This is what Eugene represents. And, you know, that hasn't come to fruition because of other things like that. But that's basically what you guys are doing down there. And I think that's why I love seeing it so much is just, you know, you guys, you know, with the tangled roots and everything else like that, you know, you guys are doing it. And that's a beautiful thing to say. So th this, I'm just dying to ask Billy this question. So now that you're, you're, you're cultivating and you got your project, it seemed like when I first began, then all of a sudden you meet somebody else and you're like, Hey, you got that tent in your, I got a tent. You got a tent. Okay. Well, what strains are going? So all of a sudden you start building friends and next thing you know, you're going to have somebody over into your, your tent area and checking it out. Is that, has that been happening yet? Well, cause of COVID not really, but what yeah. happened the other day well about a month ago because i've had the tent up and running you know like doing the dry run and all that uh i had to call the gas company to to do some stuff to the gas to the hot water heater and it was an old man i think some supervisor was like teaching this younger younger dude and i opened it up and that's where the thing is and uh the young dude was like, oh, cool, man. He's got to grow to like, he was like, really excited. <laughs> and the old, like he, he and I talked about it like the whole time he was like, and the old man, he didn't like, he could barely look at it. It was really funny. Like you could tell, I was like, and, yeah. and, and like the young guy was like, it's legal, man. I was like, yeah, there's no plants in here. I'm just doing a drive. I was like, I was like promoting the podcast and all this stuff. <laughs> And the old man could not get out of there quick. And the, the young dude was like, hey, so like, what's the name of the podcast? Like, I was like, yeah. And then my, my, my partner, he can teach you to grow it good. I'm just doing exactly what he says. It was really fun. Uh, and then I've had a couple of my friends, uh, wives actually, who've been more interested than they have. They've been like, <laughs> so, so what kind of soil? And I was like, I, we don't have time right now. And then, the other day at the party it's a process yeah i was like i could show you but it's not it's you can't go buy it like it's and hand uh, mixed handmade well they saw that video with me and they're like what were you making like where do you and i was like trying to tell them and then <laughs> my wife has noticed this this is pretty funny uh we're at like a small gathering of it was like a children's birthday party but there were that everybody had just been vaccinated and all this and uh so you know the parties are kind of newer and my wife's friend was going off about they had just moved into this house and her flowers are just amazing and then they have some vegetables that are amazing but they don't know that it was just already there and she just kept talking and i just kept going like well what's the soil like what's in the soil like what is like I just kept asking and finally my wife was like, she doesn't know. She will never know. She doesn't care. Stop asking. I was like, but I think that's probably why her flowers and stuff are so good. It's the soil. It's nothing she's done because she's an idiot. Um, it, it, she was like, no, no, no. My wife was like, just shut up. Just shut up with about your soil. And I was like, okay, stuff is different now. I'm talking about soil at parties. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I don't, most people do not <laughs> care, you guys. 
Well, I can already tell one of your proudest moments this year are going to be when you're around a bunch of friends and all of a sudden, you know, people are having a few beers and then all of a sudden you bust out some of that squirt and you just roll up a big fat. Yeah, no, I've already. <laughs> that is going to feel so cool. Where'd you get this? Oh, I grew this shit. I'm not going to tell um, them. I'm just going to like, where'd you get this? Mike? I grew that. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Mm -hmm. I did that. I kind of did that. I let it mostly do it. I got to have its way is what that's what I'm learning. It's like most things in life. If you get out of its way, it'll the better it goes. <laughs> so that, you know, going back, that's one thing, though, too, is like back in the day, how did you guys get information on, you know, the way to grow? you know, down there in Southern Humble, you know, like for me, I managed a gardening store for six years up here in Eugene. So it was like all the guys, we would just sit there and nerd out on growing and how to do it. Like, so what was that like for you guys, even back in the day down there in Southern Humble? You know, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I was just talking to Jason. I mean, really a, a lot of the, the credit comes full circle back to the community because even though it wasn't as widely shared with a whole bunch of people, there was still our tight little knit groups in Southern Humboldt, maybe five or 10 people that shared amongst each other on different things that we did, different things that worked, different things that didn't work. Um, and we used to go over to their grows and look at their plants. And then, you know, if we liked what we saw, we would ask them what they're using. How are you doing it? What are you doing? And we would take that back home and, and maybe tweak it a little bit. And, oh, hey, look, we tried this. And really, that's how we learned how to grow, all of us. And that's um, really what's really special about the community and really has saved us a lot of different steps and a lot of time in figuring it out just for ourselves on how to make it work. It saves a lot of time. Um, so much time, especially when you're a farmer, you don't have a lot of extra time. So it's like, Oh no, Jake, he already figured that out. Let's move on to the next issue. I got to deal with. <laughs> and especially in the regulated market. Now, if you make a mistake or if you, if you were to spray something that seemed organic, like I think pyrethrum, is like fairly organic right or something but it will come up and test dirty so like those pyrethrum bombs that people used to spray you know that they're not too bad compared to some of that other stuff but um yeah it, it'll end up coming and test dirty so you know we share that kind of information too with each other hey don't do that don't do this and um that really you know saves us from actually losing our whole crop or losing our whole season in a, in a lot of instances so yeah, our, our one metric person, she, um, you know, she does metric for a few different farms. She was just telling me one of her farmers that she works with just had to uh, waste out 60 pounds of weed. It's sitting in bins until the OLCC comes in and tells him what to do with it. But he basically lost those two crops because he put in ant traps because he was dealing with ants. So he put ant traps around the base of his plants because the ants were attacking his plants. And then he failed for a chemical that was in the ant trap. And if he Whoa. had just, if he had just talked to one of us, I would have been like, dude, don't fucking do that. The shit they put in ant traps is so heinous and so bad. Like you shouldn't eat it. No, no, do not. Okay. eat it. All right. <laughs> 
Just yeah. FYI. Good to know. Not even it like looks good. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing because he ended up calling the uh the company that makes the traps and they were like hey listen this chemical that you failed for this has to be wrong because you know the half-life that it survives on it should have dissipated by now it shouldn't have been an issue and i'm like those people don't understand cannabis cannabis is a bioaccumulator it's going to hold on to things way longer than anything else so you know it's just part of people not knowing the industry and not knowing the plants and what they can and cannot do yeah and some of the tests that we have to we're subjected to are what parts per billion or something right so yeah um, it's not a normal test it's like an extreme yeah, there was there was one of my friends who did, does extraction. He said that in you know a eighth of his extraction, you could find less toxins in it than what you would find in a cup of Starbucks coffee, just because of all the hardcore regulations that we go through to fucking do it. So, what are you saying yeah. about a Starbucks? <laughs> I love myself a venti soy cinnamon dolce latte, so I'm not gonna say. Well, anything you know, everything that. you just said is poison. Like I just get a coffee. <laughs> I just get the coffee, so I I bet it doesn't have as much poison as the stuff that you you get. Look at that big old dog behind John. I, I love know. it. <laughs> there he is. Look at that big old. Do dog. a downward dog. Oh, that dog is. <laughs> yeah, that's Bigfoot's dog. That thing's about 130 pounds. That's Rose's puppy that um, she takes care of. <laughs> There's Rose. Hey, Rose. How's it going? We love awesome. your puppy dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look oh, of the, the destroyer. <laughs> We're gonna so you're going see. to Rose's hometown at Colorado. She's That's her stomping grounds, and that's where she grew up. And um was in the cannabis industry there and she knows pretty much all the different uh businesses and it has done their metric or or worked with them for some kind of compliance type thing so are you going to any place special that we can talk about on the air or is this like a COVID operation well no, hey why why aren't we interviewing bros yeah, I, was, I was gonna say <laughs> there we you should go. Inter- rose yeah, can we interview yeah. you for the not right now but for the colorado season Let's do it. I'd be okay. down. Cool. We just Sweet. did a business deal. We just did an interview <laughs> deal on air. I like this. On air. Okay. Like that. That's how it's, that's usually how it's done, you guys. All the yeah. listeners like, hey, how do y'all book interviews? Usually like yeah, that. <laughs> like that. Well, what's really cool too is is Rose does metric um for a lot of the different farmers here, maybe 40 or 50 farmers, and make sure that they're staying in compliance and make sure that I'm following all the rules and regulations. And the reality of it is it's not easy and it's easy to fall behind and it's easy to, to really get messed up. And if you're not really good with the computer, it can be, it can be challenging, you know? And so Rose is pretty patient with everybody and, and really she won't enter in any kind of uh, metric in the computer for them. She really is all about teaching the farmer how to fish how to do their metric so then they can go ahead and figure out when they're having issues and problems. So really um, I get to hear a lot of the farmers 
um, talking and, and, and a lot of them are my friends. So, um, it's a, it's a pretty cool deal. And she, she really just likes to help the farmer make sure that they don't get in any kind of trouble, you know, for an, an innocent mistake that they might've made. I mean, just the amount of stuff that my compliance officer catches that I fuck up around the farm. Cause you know, with, when, it, when you're a farmer and it's plants, you're just like, I don't know. I got some plants over there. I'm doing something with them. Don't worry about it. And he's like, they have to be tagged or else we'll be fined thousands of dollars for each one. I'm like, oops. But I might not even use them. I might kill them tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was funny because one of the things that Fish and Wildlife, um, part of their certification program was to reduce the amount of plastic that farms are using on their farms. And so the first thing that I said or thought of was all those darn metric tags that were oh required by the regulatory process to, to put on every single plant. And so I brought that up to him. I said, you know, why can't we just put one tag, maybe charge me $50 instead of three cents a tag, charge me $50 for one. I put it on the outside of my greenhouse and I don't attach it with a, a, uh, a zip plastic, tie. So I'm saving man. all that plastic and all the tag plastic. And they're like, what do you mean they're making you do that? And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you, what do I mean? And I said, they're your, they're, they're part of you guys. He said, no way. Yeah. We're all over That's that. That's your operation. So they're going to address there, that issue. They they're going to go address the issue. That's what they said to me, that they can't even believe that they're making us do that with all that plastic. Well, I'll, I'll have to send you the picture. It was one of the farms up here. A guy took what looked to have been 500 tags, and he wrote, fuck metric with the tags. <laughs> just oh, what was that guy? Can I, I forget. I forget who it was, but it is. I just, thought. It's just <laughs> so cool. And, like, I mean, honestly, that every single plant has <laughs> to be tagged after a certain height. And, those, like, the way they make the tags is so that if you get water on it, it won't break or get run or anything like that. So yeah. that means that this shit is going to last in our environment for thousands of years. Thousands of years and or then, more. And, and tell me if I'm not correct that we have to keep those for... California has to keep those for how many years? For six months. So one of the farms that I was listening to in that same video that you were talking about said they use 20,000 tags like every two weeks. And he says he puts them in a big container box and he has a whole container box full of metric tags. And he's just like, I don't know. I, I got I, by law. I'm supposed to keep them. And then what do I do with them? Then I put them in the landfill. That's one farm. It's, it's ridiculous. Insane. It's so disgusting. Yeah, right. And and that's the whole thing. It's like, I'll even put the, because I have all these raised beds. So the plants are in each raised bed. I'll put them at the front of the bed and be like, yeah, I'll get around to tagging. And they're like, no, you will get fined for even doing that. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys, what the. <laughs> yeah. And I but attached it... them this last year with a little clip instead of a, a zip tie. And they said, well, no, they have to be with, you know, attached in a means that you can't take them off. I said, I can take them off. So I did a little video myself. <laughs> take I them took off anything. Big, That's... I took a big metal chain, put a put a metric tag on that, and wrapped it around the wire ring of my plant. <laughs> and I said, you might not get that off, but I can get a zip tie or a piece of wire off with wire cutters. Like, come on. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I like that kind of smart assery right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I was making a point. They saw it. They told me they saw it. Oh, That's, really? 
Yes, yeah, well, that's like, a good. It, yeah, sometimes absurdity is the only way to communicate with some some dipshits. If we're being honest, and really, and you know, the reality of it is, I talk to them. They've been here to the farm. They agree with everything we're telling them. It's just it's so hard, even for them, to change the rules that have been made. It's just like it's red tape for them too. They don't know how to address it. They don't know how to deal with it. It's too much trouble. <sighs> Well, we're trying to get the word out. So the more people that bitch at the the lawmakers about this nonsense, the more the lawmakers are like, oh, let's fix it because I don't like getting yelled at. <laughs> that's okay. how that's, that's what really fucking motivates that yeah. money. <laughs> getting yelled at and money is all that motivates them. Let's be honest. So that's what we're going to make a lot of moms yell at them. later in the in the future later in the future you guys always always great to talk to him so we'll bring we'll check in with him from time to time all right guys i'm just gonna get us out of here real quick join our patreon if you want bonus we, we're gonna put more videos up of the episodes there's a tour video of plant humble up that's tier one that's tier one you get some dime bags you get a lot of stuff you get a lot of cool stuff tier two even better you can uh you get all the stuff you get in tier one and then you get to watch me fail over and over again <laughs> learning how to grow but mike teaches us a lot of really i mean i've learned so much already from that it's just it's really priceless but it's not priceless it costs a little money but, but it's worth it ask anybody involved that's on our patreon you guys follow us if you if you can't we get it you know times are tough we get it you can't throw us any scratch but hit us up follow us on twitter review us that helps uh subscribe tell other people to subscribe all that really really does help us thank you so much uh hit us up grown local pot at gmail.com hey we love you so much grow your own thank you Slee. love you guys